Guten Morgen allen, willkommen zum Podcast mit mich, Ronny und Nick. So you may be wondering why I started off in German or not. You may just think I'm a moron. Anyways, we thought we would just kick this off by saying an absolute bloody thank you to all of our bloody listeners out there, including the Germans. For one, and some Americans. Definitely else? some Americans, South Africans. So obviously the South Africans. There. And even some people in Brussels. In Brussels. That's so yeah, as as my co-host here, Ronnie, pointed out, we had a massive, massive influx of listeners this week. No, we don't know what happened. We may have said something offensive and that's being shared. <laughs> if that's the case, we do apologize. But yeah, almost 4,000 downloads of last week's episode. So that's really great for us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Very big thank you to you guys. It wouldn't be possible without you all. So keep it up. And yeah, we look forward to this episode with you. I'm not sure how good it's going to be considering Ronnie sitting next to me with an inside-out shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Not too sure how he's prepped for this, but we do have no power here at the moment, so that could be playing a role. Maybe he couldn't see too well in the dark. That's absolutely what happened. So for our international listeners, in South Africa, we've got a thing called load shedding where they just cut your electricity and, uh, yeah, you've got to operate in the dark then. And it's even better sometimes that you don't know that it's actually happening until your lights go out. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Surprise. But yes, okay, so great podcast. It's been a good week for us. We had some rugby on the weekend, and here we are now. Yep, another round of URC done and dusted behind us. Fortunately, we didn't manage to get another clean sweep from the South African perspective. Yeah, 11 out of 12. It's not too bad, but uh, bad. we could have done with a 12 out of 12. It's right? a pity it was our team that let it down, the Sharks letting that first yeah. one slip. No, that really was very disappointing from the Sharks, but uh, is what it is. Yeah, I think just a bit of a recap for the weekend. You know, Munster playing Benetton at home, winning that one 51-22. Zebra beating Scarlet's 20... Oh, I lie. Scarlet's beating Zebra 41-24. The next been drinking in the dark. <laughs> And then Cardiff uh, winning 32-28 against the Glasgow Warriors. Then we headed home for some rugby here. You know, Lions facing Ospreys. I read today somebody said that the Lions were the form South African team. Can you bloody believe it, eh? Would you agree? No, because Ospreys are ranked ninth. <laughs> I, I actually do agree. I you mean, agree. they've won now, it's what, three weeks in a row. And uh, this was a very convincing performance, I felt, against the Ospreys. You know, they also beat the likes of, like, Munster. So... The Lions, as much crap as we gave them, putting in a good showing at the moment. Yeah, it's actually incredible, Lions. So they won that fixture 45-15. Massive victory over Ospreys. One we weren't so certain would come off. But the men in Joburg have turned it around. And I must apologize to them for all the shit I gave them. Yeah, we'll take a penalty shot for that one for sure. But definitely some standout performers there. Um, You know, Ospreys is a team that traditionally doesn't travel very well. But now we ask them to travel all the way to the Southern Hemisphere, the yeah. tip of Africa. Chuck them up in Joburg and the Lions made mincemeat out of them. So that was lacquer. Ospreys are in ninth place, ninth and 12th currently. But particularly, I thought Similani, Fannenberg, Urendal and the Chituka brothers had massive games. Yeah, absolutely. There are some really incredible players at the Lions at the moment, really putting their hands up. And, you know, I want to eat my, eat my words. Um, we gave them a lot of crap. So, you know what? Well done, Lions absolutely brilliant and i do agree you are the form south african team at the moment 
Okay, Ronnie and I differ there a little bit, but I'll give it to you. I'm, I'm quite impressed that you beat Munster, so we'll carry that over two weeks, even if it was the Ospreys this past weekend. And then the controversial game of the weekend, uh, Stormers versus Ulster. <sighs> I said it, what, two podcasts ago? Can we just have a weekend of rugby where there's no controversy with respect to the match officials? And what did we have in this game? I thought a very poor decision. You thought a poor decision. Interestingly enough, the head of referees for the URC also coming out and saying it should have been a try. To my eye, it did indeed look like a knock-on. Whether or not that's the case, I'm sure it's going to differ widely depending on where you come from. So, I don't wear glasses. Uh, I have 2020 vision. Uh, Nick actually wears glasses. So, I don't know how much we can trust when he says it to him it looked like a knock-on. Yeah, take us on. But maybe it lets me see a bit clearer than you, Ronnie. At least I don't have my shirt on backwards. <laughs> So yeah, ultimately that was the deciding moment of the game. And then, you know, they made the decision and then even went back to look at it again and see, is it a scrum to Stormers? Is it a scrum to Ulster? But yeah, Stormers sneaking out the win there. They did pull away. It was 14-0 almost instantly after kickoff and then letting Ulster come back in the second half. Yeah, look, Stormers played well, I felt, uh, well, to some extent. And uh Ulster are going to feel hard time. I look, sometimes it is rugby. The the ball is not round. It is oval. It bounces left and right and, and, and in different directions. Things go your way. Things sometimes don't go your way. Um, I think Ulster, you know, hopefully they can bounce back next week or this coming weekend. And uh, yeah, you hopefully, say hopefully they can bounce back. They're playing the Bulls <laughs> this weekend. Okay, cool. So hopefully they can, uh, they'll lose the game fair and square. A key battle in that one, actually, Evan Roos versus um, Dwayne Thor for Mullen. What did you think of that clash? No, obviously, Evan, Evan Roos is playing uh, Evan. Evan? Evan Roos is playing incredibly well at the moment. Uh, we said it a couple of podcasts ago. I mean, it could have well have been, what, six podcasts ago that, you know, he was playing incredibly well and he's putting his hand up for that Springbok uh, camp. And I think that. You know, he did incredibly well to sort of at least match uh, Dwayne's physicality uh, and presence on the field. So uh, I don't feel so nervous about losing Dwayne in the future. No, for sure. And I mean, Ivan Russ also, what a game to snatch man of the match, eh? Definitely Bach management watching that one. And I think he put his hand up there for, for selection later on. Absolutely. It would definitely be a big surprise if he wasn't called up to the Springboks for the Wales series. One of the disappointing uh, points from the weekend, Sharks going down to Edinburgh. Yeah, I think we just got to pull off the band-aid here. Hey, Sharks, get it together. Honestly, honestly, honestly. It's, uh, they really, just to me, I'm a Sharks I have to just clarify because maybe you're a new listener. I'm a huge Sharks fan, been so for many years now. Um, but the Sharks just seem to be the world's most average team. They just don't have that BMT that we're looking for. Even the games that they win, we always feel that there was something lacking. They didn't quite hit the top gear. And look, look, conditions weren't favorable for them. I think the conditions actually showed up the Sharks forward back, which is shocking considering the front row is entirely made up of Springboks. Looking in gameplay, I agree. From a, from a scrum perspective, the Sharks forwards were really dominant. But in general, you would think that heavy weather would play a much more forward-oriented game Sia Khaleesi choosing to go for post rather than the corner in some instances. And I thought just in general, we weren't making the right decisions on the field. We didn't have that killer, killer, I don't know, killer instinct. Is that what? And I mean, you say, okay, wet weather rugby, it's going to be slow rugby. It's going to be tactical rugby. Blake Kinghorn clearly didn't get that message because he was on fire in that game. Scoring two tries. uh, You know, he must have taken real confidence from getting the starting jersey for Scotland in the last Six Nations fixture. 
And that came shining through for Edinburgh now. So do we think that Kerwin Bosch was a weak point in our backlog? Definitely. One of our writers, Belinda, actually wrote an article on it today, and I must agree with her. It's, you know, it's a it's a big problem at the Sharks that our 10s are not functioning because our 10 is limiting the ability of the rest of our backline. And we have a Springbok-laden backline. Mm. So the issues at 10 need to get resolved. I think an absolute howler from Kerwin. Missing kicks like that from right in front of the posts is just not acceptable from a professional sportsman. Look, Kerwin's definitely got an incredible amount of skill or natural talent, but then he just can't seem to string it together and be able to marshal a team like a fly-off should. Uh, it's very disappointing. You know, like you say, you've got all those Springboks sitting in the back line, but we can't utilize them to their full potential because we seem to be limited at the first 5-8. No, for sure. And it's hampering us terribly. What's even more worrying, we've got Leinster coming up. That we is a do. fixture. With all of I'm those international players are definitely going to be chocker block in that team. So oh, this is going to be a big ask. But look, wet weather rugby in that fashion uh, suited Edinburgh. I mean, they, it rains 364 days a year there. So <laughs> um, for sure, they, were, they weren't scared to take it on in the wet weather. Although it was probably nice and warm still. So they probably weren't used to that. But, you know, look, very disappointing from the Sharks. I just felt that uh, the Sharks just absolutely need to step it up. They had the potential of going up to, what, fifth? And uh, I think they're sitting at eighth now. Yeah, it's a drop-off from them and it's not what you want. And, I mean, it was 7-0 at halftime. Hmm. Sharks then scored, leveled it up. And how did it just go so wrong in the second half? That's yeah. where you'd expect your international players to really step it up. Uh, well, and they just failed to fire. Yeah. What about Marius Lowe's yellow card? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I think I think in the moment that's a really difficult one though. You mean you you're so for the game, you're so in, in the game. You just want to uh, defend and tackle, and um, sometimes when somebody plays quickly, your instinct just takes over, and you're on autopilot. So look, uh, that can still happen with respect to domestic uh, rugby or URC competitions, but uh, hopefully that doesn't follow him through into any sort of. Springbok games if he was uh, selected for Springboks. But I mean, I never thought I would see a quick line-out lead to a yellow card for taking the man out in the air. But it is a little bit of a grey area. I mean, if, you, if, if, if you're not going up uh, to catch a ball that's been kicked, should you, you know, you can't really jump into the tackler that, in that fashion. I mean, he launched himself up into the air and I felt that Marius Lohe really didn't have much option. You know, he could have pulled out and had he pulled out, he still would have taken the feet out of that player. It's just the reality of it. It's the same uh, as Johnny May jumping into the air when he's trying to score a try. I mean, yeah. at what, where do we draw this line? No, for sure. I think that's a bit of a gray area and something that needs a look at. But again, it's something so rare in rugby. You know, I don't recall ever having seen that before. So what can you do about it? And then over to Loftus. 55 for the Bulls, 20 for the Dragons. So we just so happened to be across the road at Uffies uh, when that game was busy being played. But uh, anyways, Bulls, very dominant performance. Unfortunately, I didn't watch it live, but I uh, did watch the highlights. Uh, I think the Bulls are just doing incredibly well, although the Dragons are also struggling this season. But, uh, you know, putting 55 points on anyone is is very impressive. Yeah, and I mean, the Bulls have strung together a series of of high-scoring games now, which is great from them. Mm. Uh, They're definitely coming nicely into form, but they're definitely going to need it when they face Ulster this weekend. No, Ulster's (laughs) going to be coming strong. I I mean, like I said, I I, I hope that uh, the... The poor officiating with respect to the Stormers game 
doesn't ding their confidence too much and that at least they can put up a strong performance against the Bulls. I hope still hope that the Bulls can take that away, but for sure. And what do you make of Dwayne Vermeulen's comments that he's scared of someone throwing a brandy at him at Loftus on his <laughs> return? Reminds me of when we saw that Bali Khoya's bottle at uh, Kevin Mialamu and Bjorn Bassan had to interfere. No, absolutely. Look, Loftus is, a, is a very special place, but uh, I think fortunately for Dwayne, alcohol hasn't been allowed into Loftus for a very long time. So <laughs> With good reason. Yeah, with good reason. <laughs> So yeah, that'll be an interesting fixture, Dwayne returning to the last team he represented in South Africa there. And then, you know, how great was it to see the crowds back in the stadiums this weekend? More at some Yeah, it's filling up for sure. So obviously more more at some stadiums. I think everyone's still trying to be like, okay, well, how do we actually get tickets? It's been a long, such a long time. Uh, where do we park? How do we do all of these things? And it's just a little bit overwhelming. Uh, but I think the crowds will slowly start getting back into it and we'll start seeing uh, fuller and fuller stadiums as the weeks go by. Hopefully that 50% uh, can... Hopefully we don't get another COVID uh, wave. That, so that the restrictions can ease up Yeah, let's more. let's try and ease them up even more. No, it's been really like it to see fans returning to the games. I'm definitely excited for attending some games this weekend. We chose school rugby over the URC. But definitely keen to catch some of the URC games. I'd love to actually watch Sharks vs. Leinster. That would be a lucky one to see live. And yeah, I think the crowd is having an influence on the game. I think especially with the Stormers, um, they had a bit more of a full stadium than, say, the Sharks with the wet weather that they had. But mm. it was lacquer, lacquer, lacquer to see. Say lacquer one more time. Lacquer. And then, Ronnie, something I'm quite keen to chat about, the 10 situation in our country. You know, Pollard is choice 10 at the moment playing at Montpellier I'm sure many of the South African followers don't get to watch him that much Alton Yankees you actually saw him in the stadium at the Stormers game mm. he's busy with some rehab down in Cape Town but outside of that Mornay's hung up his boots Johan Gersen's injured has Mornay really hung up his boots if Alan Wynne Jones can come back Mornay can come back <laughs> true but he'll wait till the next Lions series <laughs> So, I mean, there you're looking, if we just look at our starting fly-halves now, you've got Kerwin Bosch, you've got Marnie Lubok, Mornay's at the Bulls with Chris Smith rotating, and then, you know, Hendricks at the Lions, Butter Chamberlain, you know, what do you make of all of these guys? Yeah, look, I think I think Bosch has had, Bosch has been obviously struggling with a bit of confidence over the last couple of months, and it's actually, yeah, I'm almost pushing on a year, maybe 18 months. Uh, Butter's been playing... Uh, had a couple of good games this season and, you know, we, we saw some potential there. And then uh, I think when it comes down to Marnie Libok, you're obviously a big fan of him. I know you've been speaking about Marnie Libok now and for a number of weeks and I disagreed with you and then I agreed with you and then I disagreed with you again. I think Marnie Libok is good, but I don't see him making a step up from domestic league rugby over into sort of the national squad. So for sure, we are very light with respect to our depth. For me, it's it just really is quite simple. It's Andre Pollard followed by Elton Yankees. And if Franz Steyn hasn't yet retired, <laughs> he's our backer. He's our third fly-off. Yeah, that's actually what concerns me is that although Marnie Lobok is playing very well and turning in solid performances, he's not someone I would consider in box selection frame. Mm. And in all honesty, there's actually no one that I would. Mm. I think uh, Butter Chamberlain probably going to be reinstilled at the Sharks this weekend after Bosch's dismal performance from the tee. But, I mean, none of them are really actually pushing for Springbok honors. And the scary thing is Mornay Stein really is still the strongest 10 in the competition. Because he kicks like a beast, eh? So, I don't know. You youngsters, you need to put your hands up. 
uh, 18 months from the World Cup, and if you guys want to be on that plane, you need to start doing something now, hey? Well, look, maybe uh, the World Cup is next year. Maybe Mornay Stein can play in the next World Cup. Possible. Because he's playing really well domestically. And then, I mean, Rassi Erasmus's comments on the contracting of weak players. Do you think that this is sort of indicative of what's going on at Fly Half in our country at the moment? I don't know if it's a matter of contracting weak players. I just think that there aren't many players to choose from. You know, you're very limited, like we just said. There's a lack of depth. Who do you pick? Who do you choose? Do you just contract nobody or do you at least contract the uh, what would be deemed the weaker player in for that position? So just to quote Rassi Erasmus here, he said the following. I think we, meaning South Africa, that the prof- think that professional players are players who fill a team. My understanding is that it's irresponsible to just pay a player who people don't want to see play, other than his girlfriend and mother and father, Erasmus said. <laughs> You know, he isn't good enough to attract spectators or play in a professional competition. So why are we paying this player? Why are there so many players? Is it because we aren't doing our homework before we sign them? Here, I include myself. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm actually pointing four fingers back at myself. And then just to add to that, Dave Vessels, you know, he used to coach the Rebels, Western Force and Ikees. He also said, you know, I don't think every parent whose kid picked up a guitar thinks they'll be the next Keith Richards. But watching some under-15A rugby this morning, the same doesn't seem to be true of parents of kids who pick up a rugby ball thinking they've got the next Bowden Barrett. So, you know, I do tend to agree with that. You know, we may be allowed to contract 60 players, but that doesn't mean we need to contract 60 players. You know, if you're going to have these bulkier squads, rather cut them down and invest the in budget for stronger elsewhere. players, you know. Yeah. Because it's, it's shining through now. And I mean... Rossi also in that interview stating he'd sat down with the former Springbok coaches when he got the job just to get some advice. And all of them saying, you know, he must always make sure that his match 23 doesn't include a single bankhat. You know, scaredy cat. So... Is that the, is that the definition of bankhat? Yes. Okay. Someone uh, who is afraid. <laughs> yes, someone who is afraid. So, you know, selecting players that we heard it in uh, Chasing the Sun, you know, players that are dog, like Bongi says... You know, someone that's going to put their body on the line, defend that line. This is where they draw the line. No further, you know. Funny enough, watching my Pimpy's documentary last night, did you manage to catch any of that? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen much of it, but uh, I've read I've read some good reviews. Uh, I've spoken to a number of people that have made some comments about it. What do you think? Yeah, I think in general, it was really uh, telling to hear my Pimpy's story, to hear how he, far he's come and where he's come from. I mean, his first actual full competitive game of rugby he was 15 years old playing with 25 year olds he'd mm. just been called up to the team he had no boots nothing and the fact that he scored a try on every single debut for every team he's played is phenomenal you know he's an incredible player with an incredible backstory but i think what i'm leaning on here is he's got dog you know he's got that fight in him he's not scared he's going to put it on the line to get where he needs to go and i think that's what Rassi means when he says don't purchase everyone purchase the players like this that are going to make something of that opportunity yeah it's incredible i mean uh so obviously i know some of the backstory behind my pimpy he really did come from a very poor part of our country uh, where he was afforded no opportunity and he he didn't get all of the you know the opportunities that many of our springbok players today have you know received over the years he actually worked his way through the ranks of various teams with Border, 
you know, the EP Kings onto the Cheetahs, onto the Sharks, eventually making it into the Springbok squad because he just worked hard at it and he knew what he wanted and he never stopped working at it. So that is very incredible and very inspirational. So, yeah, I think I think Rassi, Rassi knows how to now identify those players, the players that absolutely have heart. So it's very incredible to see. Yeah, well, I definitely share Rassi's sentiments and agree that we should stop this commercial farming mentality we have for players rather focus on fewer and more quality than quantity so yeah look a team that has focused on fewer uh quantity and more quality players i think is more on a pacifica uh we just took a look about you know look what they did to the hurricanes over this past weekend uh Moana pacifica beat the hurricanes now the hurricanes are not just your, you know, your run-of-the-mill team. They are an incredibly strong, powerful unit coming out of New Zealand. And Moana Pacifica put their hand up and they said, look, we're going to take these guys head-on. And they did, and they won. Yeah. And well done to them. So it's very inspirational. Definitely so anybody, a big round of applause to Moana yeah. Pacifica there. Yeah. So if you, like I say, if you've got that dog in you, you can beat anyone. Yeah. And you guys showed it. I hope they can actually continue that because what a way to enter the sport eh, and make a statement mm. you look at some of like the jaguars and when the japanese entered the super rugby framework they took a really long time they really did struggle before they actually even made the, the rebels and the rebels absolutely. all of them they, they struggled to adjust so big props to moana pacifica there funny enough there was some actually interesting rugby on in the super rugby pacifica this weekend uh blues getting the win over highlanders 32 25 there Highlanders winless this season, hey? Highlanders are really struggling. I was also quite surprised when I saw that stat. I thought, you know, it didn't quite... uh, You know, I haven't realized it over the weeks that have been going by. And then when I looked at the log, I thought, well, this is actually very strange. Yeah, rock bottom, eh? Five losses from five games. Crusaders 34, Chiefs 19. That was quite a cracker of a fixture. Yeah, absolutely. The Crusaders uh, reversed the result from there from two weeks ago, going down to the Chiefs in like the 81st or 82nd minute. Crusaders play incredibly well. So it was actually a really entertaining game to watch. Um, and the Chiefs were in it until 60 minutes to go, I felt. And then uh, the Crusaders just switched on. You, you saw that, that in their eyes. That team of theirs. Yeah. And then I think another cracker of a game was the Brumbies versus the Western Force. Brumbies edging that one away from home by one point. So that was also a lacquer, lacquer game to watch in the... High-scoring game. Super Rugby. It's always entertaining if you're if you're a neutral. It's actually sad when you watch these games play and don't see the South African teams featuring anymore, hey? Yeah. No, reminiscing of the old days. You know, good old Super Rugby on a Friday morning when you're meant to be working. Yeah. I miss those days definitely at the draws. <laughs> And then, I mean, also something I picked up quite interesting from Super Rugby was the log. Two of the top teams are Australian. Yes, that must be the key <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> okay, but, but let's just clarify this. There hasn't been any cross-Tasman uh, uh, games. Still counts. Brumbies in first, Reds in second, Crusaders third, Tars fourth, Chiefs fifth, Oof. and Blues sixth. Oof. That must that makes hard reading for the Kiwis. No, eh? absolutely, that's that's very shameful. But I'm I'm sure those Kiwis are relishing to just cross that ditch over there, the Tasman ditch, and and, and go and play some Aussie team. So we'll see. I don't think it will stay like that for long. You know, and then the head injury concerns from this weekend. Bowden Barrett getting a massive knock. It was a very physical game there for the Blues. Uh, I heard they said there was some positive news coming out of that uh, with respect to that, but absolutely, they're very scary. Yeah, so he's stood down for 10 days. I mean, he's been out since their fixture against Ireland in November with concussion. Actually considering retirement from the concussion symptoms. 
Uh, fortunately, he made it back, but now this weekend in his first game, he took a big knock. Luckily, it's just a bit of a banged up nose and lip, but yeah, concussion protocols keeping him out for 10 days. And another bad one in the Super Rugby was Tom Hanks. You know, um, Tom Hanks from uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and the Brumbies. Oh, okay. <laughs> he sustained a facial fracture and was hospitalized for that, you know, oh. so another big clash of the heads. I think it's becoming more and more important to... Play with F- NFL helmets. Yeah, that's going to be the next stage. Eh? <laughs> no, let's not get to that point. Let's, uh, but uh, let's just hope, you know... Player safety needs to be to at the forefront of, uh, of, of every player at this point. 100%. You know, we need to look after these guys because after the sport, you know, they still need to be around for their families and definitely head injury. We're thinking of you guys and hope you recover quickly. And then, Ronnie, how flippin' lacquer was it to be at Uffies this weekend to watch them play Paul Ruiz? Yeah, like I said, uh, we, we drove past the Loftus Stadium, saw all the cars and carried on a little bit straight. And then before we realized, and uh, you know, we actually look, looked around and realized that all the cars weren't there for the Bulls game. They were there for the Uffies vs. Paul Ruiz game, which was incredible to watch. Yeah, so it's a lacquer tournament, north versus south at the moment. A lot of the Cape schools are up here. Um, all the games taking place at Uffies, and it is actually available on YouTube if anyone wants to check it out. But it was really, really special to be back in the stands watching some school rugby. Those Uffies boys, bigger than us, and they're half our age. It's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not fatter than us, but uh, more muscular for sure. No, absolutely. Those some of those 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 schoolboys are are working hard in the gym. Um, it looks I mean, very impressive, and some of them. Uh, uh, are playing a really impressive rugby. No, for sure. And I mean, the last Springbok to come from that school is actually Archie Sneiman. Oh, RG. So, you know, definitely recommend checking some schoolboy rugby out. I've had a jaw watching it in the years past, and it was really, really good to be back there. See the Gears, the atmosphere, the boys just the loving crowd. the... Yeah. How many people were at that game? I mean, it no, literally no. was... Uffies and Loftus, for those that don't know, are pretty much across the road from one another. And the crowd at Uffies was phenomenal. It was just unreal how loud it was mm. compared to what you were hearing from Loftus. Mm. So, URC sides, you need to do something to get those crowds into your stands because the schools are doing it the right way. Schools really are. Now everybody, everybody and his brother was there. So, it was really, really fun to see uh, good old running schoolboy rugby. Yeah. And then this weekend's upcoming URC fixtures. Yeah, some good games to look forward to. Or I'll put a little asterisk next to looking forward. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, we've got the Sharks v. the Dragons. I'm going to go for Sharks there. They uh, need to bounce back. Look, they are going to they are gonna need to bounce back. Um, perhaps a loss to the Dragons might actually wake them up. Should I take that back? Yes, definitely. Yeah, take, I'll take that, that back. back. Okay, come on, Sharks. I believe in you. Bulls versus Ulster. I'm going to back the Bulls because I want the Bulls to win because I, the Bulls are South African. It's very simple for me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Bulls, but I think that's going to be a very tight one. Mm. Lions versus Edinburgh. Uh, so Edinburgh obviously beating the Sharks, and I think whether they still fifth on the log, did, or did they move up? I think they might just have remained at fifth. Lions still very low down the log, but I'm, I'm telling you the Lions really are a form team. You know what I'm going to call the upset here? Maybe it's not quite an upset, but I am going to say the Lions are going to win. Yeah, I'm going to go Lions by three. Oof, it's okay. going to be a close one as well. And Stormers versus Ospreys. Yeah, no, this, I feel the Stormers will take this quite comfortably. There's not much in that I feel. I think the Stormers are, are strong enough to beat the Ospreys. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, Ronnie. So, some interesting rugby coming up again. Hopefully, the South Africans can all pull off a win this weekend and get another clean sweep. Missing out last weekend thanks to the Sharks. So, let's see what that has in store for us. Yeah. And then, dear old Ronnie, 
Do you have two cents for us today? Is it going to be a cheerful... I have two cents, and I don't want to even listen. It's not going to be cheerful today. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> so, in in, 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 de- in developing or creating the agenda for today's podcast, uh, Nick said to me, he's just having a bit of a creative block and uh, struggling for a bit of content, and I must admit, with respect to the Ronnie's two cents, which is pretty much my only contribution with respect to the agenda. That um, and your inside-out shirt. Yeah, that are my inside out shirt. I just, you know, I also struggled for a little bit of content today. Um, and it just got me thinking with respect to where I am uh, as a rugby fan at the moment. I'm a little bit exhausted. I, I really am exhausted. And I don't, you know, for a long time I've been saying, yes, I wish I actually watched football or, or, or soccer for our American and South African friends. Because it just seems to be a game all the time for them to watch. But I am exhausted. I have watched so much, uh, you know... So many games from our domestic teams, from the Sharks, from the Bulls, from the Lions, from the Stormers, and it is very exhausting for me. I really do miss a proper season break, or or just at least a line. Where is that line? When do we uh, have Super Rugby playoffs, and when is that then done, and when do we start with the internationals? Uh, because, you know, since COVID coming into this year, it it's just felt like a lot of rugby that, I, that I've watched uh, but not so much a lot of rugby, a lot of the same rugby. Yeah, I think that's something more exclusive to South African fans. We saw a lot of derbies between our sides. We did, we did. And it's a shame, you know, there's there's other tournaments in this world as well with respect to uh, the Japanese leagues. It's nowhere to be found on, on, on Supersport. Um, Major League Rugby, it's not on Supersport. You know, the, the Jaguars beat... Uh, I, I struggle for the name now, but the Chilean team this past weekend to to or they actually lost to them. Um, you know their fourteen game win streak has come to an end, and that was nowhere on SuperSport. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of good rugby out there, a big variety, but we seem to be watching the same games over and over and over. And uh, you know this is this is the struggle at this point. But uh, you know I, I didn't want to actually complain today, but I did feel like I needed to speak from the perspective of somebody that does actually watch a lot of rugby and is a big rugby fan. How I feel at the moment. Sorry, guys, if you struggle to listen to that, I'm actually doing this live, so feel my pain. Ronnie and his rants, always ranting. What do you have for me, Nick? Well, Ronnie, you were wrong last week, so I'm very happy. I wasn't wrong, I didn't say anything. Therefore, you were wrong. So, I'll tell you what happened last week. Last week, I actually, uh, so so as Nick went through it, I was like, well, you, you know, this is George Gregan, hands down. Um, this has to be George Gregan. And... So my first question, I knew already knew the answer. I knew he was going to say, yes, it is a player from the Southern Hemisphere. And so when I asked him, he said, no, it completely derailed me. And I sat here. Saturday. I sat here with a dry mouth. I didn't know what to say. And he was like, no, but you have to say something. And he kept looking at me like I was a bloody idiot. But that's because you are. And right I just now. couldn't, I couldn't say anything. And then I was, I was just shut up. And I said, oh, okay, carry on, man. Well, I thought last week's one was quite fitting. Good old Fabian Galtier from France, head coach. He's won two Grand Slams, two Six Nations, once as player captain, once as coach. So that is... Uh, oh, so that's really a bit of a technicality feat. there with the respect. I'm actually surprised the number of people got Fabian Galtier. Yeah, and, and someone actually got it really quickly. So yeah, some definitely impressive there. Quick fingers on Google, maybe. Quick fingers on the Google. But keep those guesses coming, guys. This one's going to work exactly the same. going to give Ronnie some stats. Ask him to name the player. He'll get his three questions as always. Hopefully this week he remembers to actually use his brain and ask them. But yeah, let's see, Ronnie. We're going to do another name the player. All right, Ronnie. 
So this player in question has 69 test caps. He's played in Japan, the Premiership, Top 14, Curry Cup and Super Rugby. Very well-traveled player. His debut came against the All Blacks in Rustenburg. He was the top try scorer in 2007 Super 14, scoring 12 tries in 15 games. But then he failed to score a single try in 2008. He, was the mo- he is a member of the most capped wing combination of all time, with 25 caps. What are your questions? First I'm going to ask, was he fast, was he big, or was he both? I would say he was both. He was both. Was he recognized as a utility back? I would say he was quite a specialist player, but he was on occasion used in other positions. So yes, he, he had that aspect to his game. Okay, did he play, play with or against Brian Abena? With Brian Abena. With Brian Abena. All right, so I'm going to go with J.P. Peterson. Well, Ronnie, as our readers are and listeners are, you're going to have to wait for Saturday to find out the answer. So hit us up in the comments, guys. Let us see if you think you know who it is. And as always, the answer will be posted on Saturday. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we hope to see you again next week.